Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. Another week, another awesome guest, and today we have on the show Justin Schenk. Now, Justin is an entrepreneur, a speaker. He's also the host of one of the world's top-rated podcasts, The Growth Now Movement. He's been named a top eight podcaster to follow by Inc. Magazine. He's been featured in Thrive Global, and he's been chosen as an icon of influence in the new media space. Conversation, awesome. You know, sometimes people come on and there's a really big connection that I have with them. And I hope you see that and feel it, you know, when we're talking, because my belief with these podcasts is when it's about a conversation and not just an interview, we all get so much more out of it. I know I do, and I know you do, and I'm trying to get the real person right on the show. And this conversation is absolutely that. The thing that amazed me during the interview is, is how refreshing Justin's message is around community and purpose. He's really charismatic and right up there with one of the most genuine people that I have spoken to recently on the show. My goal within spirituality is to make sure the energy around me is flowing with me instead of against me. So I had a really great time chatting with him. I felt his sincerity in all the things he shared from his difficult stories about his youth, family situation, which which I can appreciate is a very challenging topic to share publicly in a platform like a podcast and how he allowed these difficult experiences to push him to his potential, to helping people and, and becoming a successful entrepreneur, a successful coach, and just being an amazing human being. I can literally manifest any life that I want by doing the right things on a regular basis. And therefore, I'm more positive. And when you believe in these things and you're more positive, the action becomes a lot easier. And so that was really the biggest shift for me was instead of being a cynical human being, I'm very much more a positive person with, with a positive outlook on life. And, and I like people a lot more. So as always, I say, stick around to the end of the interview and to know of the different things that Justin has going on. He's got a big event coming on that you may want to participate on in the US this year. And I'm sure, as I said, his his focus, his tenacity, his energy will really ignite you. It will help you shift your perspective and it will help you build your brand. Shall we go for it? Here he is. Welcome to Scale Up with Nick Bradley, Justin Shank. Hey, everybody. It is Nick Bradley. Welcome to Scale Up for this week. Um, I'm going to have an awesome conversation today with Justin Schenk. Welcome to the show, my man. Nick, thank you so much, man. I'm excited to dive in and have a fun conversation. Absolutely. Like, like always, and this always seems to happen, right? You kind of get into a conversation with someone before you technically press the record button and you already start to realize there's such a cool, cool things we could talk about. But Listen, I'd like to sort of start from the very beginning so that the audience here can hear about you and your story. So let's let's go for it. Yeah, man. You know, the, the beginning, I, it's so funny as entrepreneurs and pe- people to ask about our stories all the time. We go, when is the beginning? Is the beginning that first <laughs> rock bottom moment? Is it when I was failing out of high school? Was it the first failed business, the second failed business? Right. There's a ton. And so for me, really, the beginning um, was kind of the way that I grew up. Right. So I grew up in a household where my dad ended up in jail for a while. My mom battled opioids for what it ended up being 20 years. And so I learned self-awareness at a very, very young age. Uh, because my head constantly had to be on a swivel. Now, my parents were great parents. They just made really bad personal choices. But my head was on a swivel because I go, well, I don't want to end up where my parents are now. Uh, and so I was very, very inquisitive at a young age. And I started to ask a lot of questions and kind of latch on to potential mentors and, and really start to emulate people that I admired. Um, and so fast forward, I was in high school. And I was a really, really bad student. I actually found myself with a 1.7 GPA at one point, which, which literally is like- What is that for, for us, for us kind uh, of like Australian Brit people? What do, I hear this all the time about grade point average or something. Yeah. So a 4.0 is straight A's. Okay. Got it. So okay. You, so you have to figure like, so your, your ones right. are, it's like a D, right? So I'm a D, C minus D student across the board. There were a number of F's as well. I remember getting a 32 in a vocabulary test one time. That was, that was great. Um, <laughs> and it was really because I, I just didn't want to be there, right? I was going through all this turmoil at home and I just didn't want to be in school. And I remember Joyce Tricomi was my guidance counselor and she had to convince the principal to pass me my junior year of high school. Um, she said, how did, you know, how did she I, do that? <laughs> she essentially said, look, he's not dumb. He's just going through some things and I don't think he'll come back if he fails. Um, okay. but if you pass him, he'll come back. And I did. And I ended up doing just fine senior year, but I didn't get into college, uh, nor did I really have a desire to, I applied to one college cause my mom wanted me to, uh, didn't get in. 
And I ended up getting a job in direct sales. Uh, and so when I was 19 years old, I had a mentor in direct sales uh, and he handed me a book called Who Moved My Cheese? Oh, wow. Uh, and if you yeah, haven't read the book. Yeah, it's a great book, right? It's super old and, and really, really great. And I, I read it and this book spoke to me at such a deep level because essentially what it talks about is that change is going to happen around you. And I took that as bad things are going to happen around you. Uh, and that doesn't matter. What matters is how you react to those things. And, and it kind of opened my eyes to the idea that I have complete control over my life. It didn't matter where I came from. It doesn't matter the choices I made back then. It doesn't matter the choices my parents made. What matters are the choices that I make today to create a better tomorrow. And thus began my journey of trying to figure out what entrepreneurship was while trying to navigate myself as an adult who didn't have parents to support him at 19, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. And so that was really kind of the origin story of like, okay, I need to do something to create my own life that I desire. Uh, and then it was a lot of trial and error from there. And, and I'm sure we'll get into all that stuff. Wow. Okay. It's funny though, like, cause you, when you meet people through this medium, right. And, and I've met lots of friends and partners and all sorts of stuff through this sort of connection it's uncanny the number of times the stories intertwine. So a similar story for me, right? I, I had great parents, right? Great upbringing. I had lots of different things happen. Um, but one of the biggest things that drove me was not to be like them, right? <laughs> I didn't want to end up like that, right? I needed to change. And I, I love what you said there beforehand about things are going to happen anyway, right? But it's how you react to them that makes the right. biggest difference. So fast forward a bit, right? Because I would let some like the guys know what you're doing now because you've created a pretty successful podcast, brand, you know, all of that sort of stuff pretty much out of what you just started talking about. Yeah, you know, it, it was funny. I was, um, I had three failed businesses under my belt. I was 30 years old and I was like, I need to do something here. Uh, and my original idea behind the podcast was I wanted to interview successful entrepreneurs pick their brain and find out how they did it. Cause I'm like, at this point, I'm not doing it right. Uh, I wasn't going back to college. Like that wasn't my, that was not my goal. And so let me pick the brain of some entrepreneurs and, and figure out how to kind of piece together a business. Uh, and what ended up happening was six months before I launched the show, my mom lost her battle to opioids and it was oh, wow. really the worst Sorry. day of my life. No, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, it was really the worst day of my life. That whole understanding of like, Oh, it can really end in, in the blink of an eye. And it completely changed my perspective about life. Uh, and I realized that I wanted to be a successful entrepreneur because I wanted to prove people wrong. I wanted to prove people that, that you know, even though I went through that stuff, even though I wasn't the best student, the best this, the best, best that, I could go do this and buy all the things and get the house and get the car and get the girl and do all these things, right? And that was really the driving force behind wanting to be an entrepreneur more than anything else. Uh, but it made me realize that it, it was really the, 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 the idea behind life is really understanding that we need to enjoy the moment right? Being fulfilled in the moment, even if we're in our rock bottom moment. Um, because I always say all the time, you know, my mom didn't pass away because of a drug addiction. My mom passed away because she didn't love herself. She didn't think that there was hope beyond where she was at that moment. And so I had to find out for myself, what does that mean? Uh, and so the podcast organically took off because I started to have those deep conversations with these entrepreneurs. I mean, they were already booked on the show. Might as well have the deep conversation, right? And we started talking about the rock bottom moments and what does that mean? And what does self-love mean? And what's self-worth? And how do you find it? And when you've reached that goal, did you finally find yourself to be happier? Was it before that? And I started to have these conversations with these individuals who people admire at a, at a very, very high level. Let's do a time show. check here as yep. well. Just so, so from your mom passing away to you, them wanting to go deeper into understanding from all these, these people, just give us the time frame. It was about six months. And so wow, okay. uh, it, it, it was a crazy six months. Um, because so you hadn't thought you had, you not thought beforehand you were going to do a podcast. Was it like, this was so the secret you talked about the failed businesses and then your mom passes away. I, I'm just curious yeah. how that all joins up. So I was going to do the podcast to interview entrepreneurs uh, so I could find out how to build a business. What shifted was the topics that I ended up talking about. Got it. Got it. And so for the first 64 episodes of my show, I'll give you exact numbers. The first 64 episodes of my show, I had a co-host and it was a very confusing show because I was trying to talk about this deep stuff because I was hurting and he was trying to talk about business because that's what we said we were going to talk about. Uh, and the show just didn't do anything. I mean, the show literally was doing, you know, 30, 40 downloads an episode. Um, and I was like, what are, what are we even doing? And I ended up asking my co-host to take a step back. Um, okay. And again, this is about a year that's into brave. the show. That's brave itself. in itself. <laughs> yeah. Now, by the way, I always like to put a little asterisk. I'm still really good friends with this guy. He's still one yeah. of my best friends, and I uh, got to spend a, you know Christmas with him and stuff like that, which was great. But um, you know, I asked him to take a step back, and I kind of relaunched the show, same name, but but just me. And the show organically started to grow. 
And I realized that when your purpose and your mission aligns with your message, the audience that's supposed to find you will find you. Uh, I was trying to be somebody else. I was trying to be the person that society said you needed to be. Um, and so once I ended up becoming authentically myself in the messaging and the way that I spoke to these individuals, it started to grow organically. Uh, yeah. And then about six months after of me doing it alone, Inc. Magazine listed me as a top eight podcast every entrepreneur should follow. And obviously that completely changed the game because 150,000 people read that article uh, and the show ended up taking off. And, I, and I've been able to do some really cool stuff. With what, was the, what was the download count um, pre and post? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Um, so I do, I do about 10,000 downloads an episode now um, yeah. that has cooled off from the height of Inc magazine, right? Like it, it skyrocketed, but before, I mean, I was probably doing 300 downloads an episode before. It's incredible, isn't it? It's like um, we were yeah. talking before we uh, press record about Evan Carmichael and he's got this fantastic statistic. I don't know if you've seen, it's on his website where like for five years, like no one's watching his stuff. And then all of yeah. a sudden, like, you know, that last few years, it just drives up, which I think just to draw a line under that for people listening, right? You've got to stick at this stuff, right? The success doesn't just come from, you know, putting out a podcast and expecting it to be amazing, right? I've been doing this for three years now, right? And in the beginning, similar to you, I, I was astounded <laughs> that anyone yeah. would listen to my stuff. But I'd love to just go a bit, you know, you, you talk there about the, the authentic you, purpose and mission all aligned. How did that change when you went by yourself? Did you open that up more so that you could be more of yourself and you let more of that out and you were comfortable doing that? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it was, I, it gave me more time to dive into the things that I wanted to dive into, to talk about the things I wanted to talk about, uh, instead of having somebody else come in and, and completely shift the direction of the conversation in the middle of it. And, and you know, it's funny, I hit the co-host at first because I was a little afraid to jump by myself, right? Like anytime we try and do something, we're afraid of judgment or afraid of failure or whatever it is. And so I had the co-host uh, and I ended up booking uh, JP Sears on the show back when okay. he went, when, when uh, Zach was still my co-host and Zach couldn't make it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it alone. And so it was probably one of the biggest things we had on the podcast at that time. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to do it. And I fell in love with just being sitting down and having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody that I admire. Uh, and I think that that was my, my nod to go, okay, you can handle this on your own. You've got this kind of deal. Uh, and then from that, that standpoint, I was like, I got to do more of this. Um, and then it gave me the opportunity to, and the more time to dive into those types of things and build the relationships that I've been able to build because of that. Like when there's somebody else and they're not in alignment with what you have to talk about, it's very, very confusing. This is, this is a great lesson for many, many things in life, whether it's your relationships, whether it's business partners, whatever, like you need to be in alignment with where you're going in life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the other thing also with that is, you know, if, if you've got something that you're really passionate about and it has to come out, it's going to be contained otherwise. Right. I mean, I remember my first, first probably six months, I was in a dark room with a microphone, like a really crappy microphone, not a good one I've got now. And, 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 and literally that I remember the first three or four episodes, I'm actually talking into the wrong part of the microphone. Right. So no one can hear the bloody thing. You can, I, I put them out. I don't edit my podcast. Right. So it just goes out. But this is the journey that's really amazing about this sort of stuff. And then, you know, you just get better at it. Right. Just through practice. And also it becomes, you know, just part of who you are. Consistency is key. Uh, I mean, in anything that we do in life, right? I always say, you know, when I started my podcast, I bought a $60 microphone. It's not the one I use today, but it was the one I still used about a year ago, just because I was like, this works. People are still listening. We're good. It was a $60 microphone. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and I just showed up and I consistently showed up week after week. Uh, and I've gotten better. I've gotten better as a host. I've gotten better as a guest. I've gotten better at all these things just by practicing and showing up. It's never perfect at first. Uh, I, I highly encourage and discourage people to go back to my early episodes as well and listen, right? I always go, you should go listen, but really don't go listen. Uh, cause they're really bad. Actually episode five, we had a guy named Brian Scudamore on. Oh He's yeah. From the one, yeah. what's, what's the, it's the, um, something, something one, one, eight junk or something. What is it? Yeah. One, eight got junk. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Right, that's right. yeah okay. And, and so I, for some odd reason, I was friends with him on Facebook. And so I reached out to him. I was like, I would love to have you on the show. I saw him on undercover boss. He's like, yeah, sure. I'd love to. And we had him on super early and it was like the worst interview I'd ever done. It was terrible. It was like episode five of the podcast. I was tripping over my words. I had no idea what I was saying because, you know, you get nervous, especially when it's like the first time. Yeah. And I ended up having him back on the show years later. And he came out with another book and I was like, dude, come back on the show. I'd love to. He's like, I'd be honored. And I sat down with him and I had the conversation and I was like, 
you know, it was the worst interview I ever did. And he goes, it's probably not because I don't remember it. If it was the worst interview ever, I would I would have remembered. I'm like, fair. But in my, oh my mind, God, that's good feedback, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I go. But in my mind, it was the worst one ever. And, and it stuck with me. But I was able to kind of go back and, and redeliver on that. But it but it really is consistency in life. Right. You want to get better in, in your fitness. Show up consistently. Uh, you want to get better in your relationship, show up consistently. You want to get better meditation, show up consistently. Uh, and that's the only thing that, that you're going to get. That's the only way you're going to get better is by showing up every single week, every single day, whatever it is, uh, and just continuing to plug plug into your craft. 100%. One of my, um, <laughs> one of my mottos or mantras, if you like, is, um, you know, it finishes up with it, it says, be grateful, be brave, have faith, show up. Because how you show up is everything, right? Um I want to talk about it. So we're talking, just so everyone's clear here, we're talking about the growth now movement. <laughs> That's the podcast. Um, I want to delve into what you've learned. So the the origin of this was to go and learn from people, right? And now you've done yeah. how many episodes? Uh, I'm well over 400. I don't know the exact number. Right. Okay. So I know enough. that's totally not podcaster of me to not know my exact number, but it's uh, well over worry. 400. Don't worry. I'm like that. But what? <laughs> this, is, this is the hard question, or maybe it's an easy question for you. I don't want to prejudge it. What are the, the lessons? What are the top, let's say, five lessons that you've learned from all these amazing conversations? You can share where they've come from as well if you want to, but I'm just curious when you take all that information and in, all that inspiration, how do you then contextualize that and learn from it? Yeah, you know, uh, I, think, I think the first thing is nobody defines your success. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think a lot of times we get so caught up in what society or the people we emulate are doing and, and we go, I need that. If once I get that, I'm going to be happy. That's just not the case. Happiness comes first, fulfillment comes first, and then the success happens. And so having the conversations that I've had with such amazing individuals, it's really, they've all defined success in many different ways, right? So I ask the same question every single day or every single episode uh, with my guests. And there's a two-part question. The first part is, what's your definition of success? And the second part is, what are three things you do every day to ensure that success for yourself? Mm, nice. uh, and so the so the first thing that I realized was the definition of success was always different and it wasn't defined by anybody but themselves. Uh, and so you can't get lost in this idea that, oh, I need to be this or do this because that's where depression comes from, sadness, all the things, right? Uh, so you have to define your own success. The second biggest lesson that I've learned interviewing these individuals is that those three things they did every single day was making sure that they were serving themselves first. And I okay. realized that the most selfless thing we can do is to be selfish you know, as a high performer, as a high achiever, we always want to give, we always want to give it, give to others. We want to pour into others nine times out of 10, but then we find ourselves pouring from an empty cup. And so I realized that I needed to take care of myself first in order to give as much as I wanted to give. And so the, I mean, obviously the three things that it always were different, like sometimes meditation, working out, you yeah. know, learning something, reading, whatever. Um, but it was a constant daily act of theirs to make sure they're pouring into their own cup. And so I ended up putting into my life four things that I do every single day, non-negotiable um, and, and it, literally every single day. So it's one is I take a walk every single morning and I actually do that with my girlfriend. Um, the second, this it's about three miles every morning. Awesome. The second, the second <laughs> thing is I learn something new every single day. So whether it's through a podcast, a conversation, reading a book, whatever, I learn something new every single day. The third thing is I do some sort of visualization practice because uh, I really feel like if you don't know where you're going, you're just kind of wandering. And so I, I visualize where I want to be and I tie an emotion to it. And I realize when I tie the emotion to the visualization, the action becomes very, very easy. And how do you tie, uh, the, just to go in on that one for a second, um, how do you tie the emotion? How do you do that piece? So the one thing people do when they visualize, they, they, they think of themselves at a place. Yeah. But I actually put myself there and I, and I tie all, every single sense that I have to it, right? So what's it feel like? What's it smell like? What's it look like? What's, what's it taste like? What are all the things that you're feeling? And so I put myself in that moment, whatever I'm visualizing at the time, whether it's something big or something small, whatever it is I'm visualizing, and I get all of the emotions. And I usually bring in loved ones into this visualization and I go, what are they feeling? What are they saying to me? What, how do they feel about what I've just accomplished? What are all these things? And so you tie this deeper emotion to it. Uh, and then, and it, then again, like I said, it, the action becomes easier. It's easier to get up and do the hard things every single day to make sure that when you get to that moment, you have all those feelings attached to it. Does that make Brilliant. sense? It makes perfect sense. And I do want to get to the fourth one, but I, just to go into that a little bit, yeah, because I've done that with gratitude, right? You know, the whole idea that gratitude and fear can't really exist in the same plane, right? You can't feel both emotions at the same time. And right. um, I have a practice where I connect with uh, things that have happened in my past that have had 
big impacts on me. And it, I can get super, even now, I can, like I got hairs coming up on my arms. I can get super emotional being in those pieces, like feeling that again and seeing there and being in it. And I think, again, for people listening to this, this is, this is super important stuff. This is not ethereal stuff at all. The people I've had on my show, all of them do something like this. They may call it different things. You know, sometimes it's the words they say to themselves, the language, mm-hmm. but they're all doing these things. And I would say hundred percent agree with you. That's one of the things that I think really successful people do. The ones that have the balance between achievement and fulfillment. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, to kind of almost, it's almost like rewriting or, or re kind of connecting the energy with inside of your body. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of people do it through meditation and, and so on and so forth. And I talk a lot about the four pillars of life. Uh, and one of the pillars being spirituality. Mm. And sometimes when I mention spirituality as the fourth pillar, people kind of like go, well, hold on. You know, some people are still weird about it. What do you mean spirituality? Are you talking about like church? <laughs> are you talking about, what are you talking about? It's really badly uh, defined though, Justin. I mean, it is. I, I don't think people really understand what it is because you attach it. It comes under the word faith to some extent, but I don't, when I say faith, I don't mean necessarily God, Christ, or whatever your denomination is. For me, right. it's about faith in myself, right? So there's different ways of thinking about spirituality. What's your, what's your definition of it, if you want to call it definition, or your, your thoughts around it? Yeah, so I always say there's two rules of spirituality. Okay. One, uh, you have to believe there's something greater than you, whatever you want to call it, God, source, Allah, Mother Nature, energy, whatever. Yep. Uh, there's something greater than you, meaning you're not the end-all, be-all of everything. Uh, and number two, everything around us is made of energy. If you believe That's those true. two things then you can tap into your spiritual self in some way, shape or form. Okay, and then nice. my goal, my goal within spirituality is to make sure the energy around me is flowing with me instead of against me. And so how I do that is I do that through things like meditation. I have some, because of my, my girlfriend, I have some crystals that I work with so any tools that you can bring in to help that energy flow in the right direction, making sure that I'm living in my values. When you live in your values, the energy will flow with you. The second you turn against those values, you're going to all of a sudden not see all these roadblocks and issues and, you know, people turning their back on you. And it's, it's just this crazy thing. And so when I look at spirituality, like that's what I mean by connecting that emotion to that vision, right? You're rewiring the energy with inside of your body. And when you do that, everything else becomes super easy. It becomes a lot easier to overcome those obstacles. It becomes a lot easier to realize that you are worthy of that greatness. You are worthy of the things that you want in your life. Um, and, and I think a lot of people miss that note. But when you can connect energetically to the universe, um, to whatever, whatever you want to call it, um, it it's going gonna, it's gonna to flow a lot easier for you, for sure. How did you first, and I haven't forgot the fourth thing, um, but how did, you, how did you first connect with this in the way that you're talking about it now, because I can see it's a very important part of your life and you're very congruent with it. So it's been an evolution for me. And I think that it's still in an evolution stage. I think, I think everything's always changing and growing, hence the growth now movement. I think there's something's always changing, but it started with me. Uh, I en- ended up hiring a relationship coach because I realized I was really, really bad at relationships, okay. uh, but she was also very, very spiritual. And so a lot of our teachings were on the spiritual side of things. And so this made me open my eyes to, um, the spiritual side of the world. Now I grew up in church, so I'm not talking about faith. I'm not talking about God. Um, uh, I'm talking about the spiritual side of things, which is the energies and stuff like that. And so she started to kind of open my eyes to it. I remember laying in bed the one night and I was kind of like, I kind of brush it off. I'm like, I'm not woo woo. I'm not a hippie. I'm not burning incense. I'm not doing these things right. That I, I used to tie to meditation and spirituality. And I was scrolling in bed one night and I saw this article that I happened to click on. And it said something about, um, this is how, you know, you're an empath. And I clicked on it and I was, I didn't even know what an empath was. And I clicked on it and I was reading this article. It was really intriguing because every single thing listed mentioned stuff about me. And I was like, Holy crap. And so I sent the article to my relationship coach at the time. And I was like, I go, I think, I go, I think I'm an empath. And she goes, what's it like to finally realize, uh, why you are the way you are. Like she had known a long time that I was that type of person. And so that made my mind go, huh, I'm going to question more of this. I'm going to look into it more. And then over time, it's evolved into what it is now for me, which has become more daily check-in than a, than a long-term practice. Uh, so at this point, it's not my number one pillar that I'm focusing on right now, um, but it is certainly a, a very important one. So I check in every single day and, and make sure I top it off, whether it's through visualizations or meditations or, or whatever. And um, yeah, so it's been, a, it's, I mean, and this has been probably four years of me evolving into what it is now. 
Do you um do you remember what things were like beforehand? Or has your identity shifted so much since then that, that the reality is now what it is for you? That's a really great question. Really, really great question. Um, I can tell you who, how I was before. Um, I mean, I was more angry, more easily set off. My fuse was even shorter than it is now. Patience is not my strong suit. My girlfriend <laughs> and her kids will tell you that. Um, but but the I was I was a lot worse, and I was cynical about life. I was cynical about what life could bring for me and bring to me, and and all these things. And so now I'm, I'm a much more positive person. I see the positive outlook of things, even when things are at those rock bottom moments. And I think, I think that's been a big part of my healing journey with my mom um, was the understanding that not only are we infinite, meaning when she passed away, she didn't actually leave me, mm-hmm. um, yep. but, but also from the standpoint of like, I can literally manifest any life that I want. Uh, by doing the right things on a regular basis. And therefore, I'm more positive. And when you believe in these things and you're more positive, going back to the, the action becomes a lot easier. And so, you know, it, it, that was really the biggest shift for me was instead of being a cynical human being, I'm very much more a positive person with, with a positive outlook on life. And, and I like people a lot more. I used to not like people. Uh, and so I like people a lot more now for sure. Well, it sounds, it sounds, again, I don't know you that well, Justin, but it sounds like you like yourself a lot more. And back to what you said at the very beginning, you know, about you've got to look after yourself first in whatever way we define that, then that then manifests itself out to others. Yeah. I love that you said that because one thing I didn't say to you that I say a lot of times is, you know, when my mom passed away and I, and I say that, you know, I said that she died because she didn't love herself. I woke up one day after going through a three month blackout drunk bender I was literally blackout drunk six nights a week after she passed away for, th- for three months. And I woke up and I go, oh shit, I don't love myself either. And so that was a massive shift. The realization was a massive shift. And then it was all the work afterwards um, that got me to where I am today. But it was that aha moment of like, oh wait, I'm, I'm no different than my mom. It just manifested itself differently. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's actually a really painful experience when you, when you do that. I had that happen to me about three or four years ago when I was trying to not go down the same path as my parents, as I said, great people. And then I realized I was very much like them. <laughs> yeah. And then you realize the decisions you're making are going to take you on that path. And then all of a sudden you go, holy shit, what the hell am I going to do now? But I think sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you've got to go there, right? Sometimes you've got to go to a place of pain and realization to then be able to understand what, what, what you really have. And, and then you start to go from there. So Mate, awesome. I love the a great answer to that question. It wasn't an easy question. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I, no, I appreciate it. But, but I think you're 100% right. And, and we'll get to the fourth thing here in a second as you guys are listening. I know, everyone's waiting. Everyone's what's going the fourth like, thing? What's this, what's this rambling on? Look at these guys <laughs> rambling on about spirituality and like, just get to the fourth thing. You know, we've got just walking, the- we've got learning. Uh, <laughs> we're stuck on this spirituality visualization stuff. Just not, it's just a bunch of nonsense. But, you know, when, when I look at that, I, I think, I think sometimes you have to go there, right? Like you mentioned, like sometimes you go there and it's okay. Um, but, but I think the biggest thing is like, you have to forgive yourself when you do go there. People go there and then they keep beating themselves up and they stay there. That's the biggest issue that we see. Um, and so if you're able to forgive yourself for slipping up or whatever, right? Like how many addicts in the world, uh, by the way, I don't consider myself an addict by any means. I just went through a, a moment, but how many addicts in the world, they get clean and then they slip up one time and then they're on a 10 month bender. Yep. It's not because it's not because they slipped up the one time it's because they hated themselves for slipping up that one time. Uh, and that's kind of the conversation. And that's, that's a whole different podcast episode, but I think it's something to, to think about is when we have this conversation of addiction or mental health, it's really about people not loving themselves and how can we allow people to find fulfillment in the moment um, more than anything else. And, and I think that's, that's a, a big battle that I'm trying to face right now with the world. One of the, um, one of the words I sort of introduced into my repertoire when talking to myself, I was think crazy, uh, is grace, <laughs> the word grace um, mm. on the premise that sometimes you have to give yourself that right? Um, not be so hard on yourself is another way of saying that, particularly if you're driven and want to be successful and ambitious and all those different things. Um, because you're right that if you don't, if you don't sort of give yourself permission to not be, I don't believe in the word perfect, but you know, the concept of that, 
um, then that's where you start to get into all these things. And, and you know, you, there, there, there's different levels of this, right? So we're not just talking about addiction and addicts and all that sort of stuff. Just people who are going about doing their normal stuff in life have these same traits, right? Yeah. So this is super, I mean, this this conversation, I didn't quite predict we'd go into this conversation, but it's a, I think it's a super conversation for people to hear because I think lots of people are in this place, just different levels and dimensions of it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, again, I'm friends with, I work with, uh, and I've interviewed some of the highest performers in the world. Uh, and that's the thing about high performers is that they don't ever allow themselves to congratulate themselves. Yeah. Right. So they reach their goal and they go, what's next? They reach their goal and they go, what's next? Well, guess what? You're going to be dead and you're going to go, damn, I wish there wasn't a next. And so how do you find fulfillment right now? Um, and I think that's really the main thing that a lot of people are searching for. I mean, like I said, I have, I have friends that are billionaires and they have, we have these conversations where they're like, yeah, I really wish that I did it differently. I really wish that I did it differently. And yeah. so what about having that realization before you get the billion, imagine how much better that billion feels, you know, it, it's and funny so- how though it doesn't work that way. Well, it, it should work that way, but it's the idea. It's like, um, you know, you might start getting some success, like you start doing something, you take action, you start to get the result, right? And then you have this fear that if you stop doing the thing, right, I'm not going to get the result anymore because I found, I finally found it. it took me years, yep. right? Yeah. And then you do it, you do it, you do it, relentless, relentless, relentless. Years go past, your kids have grown up, you're 90 or whatever else, and then you go, oh, you know, I could have stopped 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, a great a great pattern interrupt for that when I work with people a great pattern interrupt for people that are like that. of like, I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't stop. You go stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about one person you can help. And when they stop and they go, okay, hold on. I'm going to stop in my tracks and I'm going to stop. I'm going to think about somebody I can help. All of a sudden it shifts. And I don't want you to think about somebody you can help by making them rich or giving them what you think they, they want. Just help somebody. And you stop that pattern. And then you start to realize how grateful you are for the things that you already have. That, getting more is by the way, natural, by the way, you get to that point, getting more naturally happens. Like, let's be honest, yeah, yeah. but, but the reality is they don't think that way. They think that I, they constantly have to be head down. They constantly have to be doing these things. One guy who's really figured this out is a friend of mine, Ed Milet, who um, he plays golf more than he works 110% of the time um, because he figured it out because I don't need more. I don't need more. I'd rather give more. And then him giving more gave him more. And so you all of a sudden have this pattern interrupt and all of a sudden he's happier, he's healthier. You know, he's doing all the things that he loves doing. And so that was really one of those moments where I was like, this is, this is the secret. You have to break the pattern by stop, stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about other people and how you can pour into them and help them and, and, and help them get what they want. Not what you think they want, but what they actually want. Yeah. And, that, and that's, again, it's such a, a, like a mind explosion thing because it's not certainly not how I was brought up, right? And I imagine how you know it, it seems to have got a little bit worse as well. We can talk touch into that, particularly where everyone's now connected into the metaverse, or whatever, right? But <laughs> I I have this um I have this kind of thing that I I started doing a few years back, and I, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not 100% great at it, right? But I've tried, and that is that every day I want to create something and I want to serve someone, right? Mm-hmm. And if I do those two things to the best of my ability and only those two things, my day is done. Right. And it, it, yeah, it helped, it helped massively because creating something doesn't mean creating something always for someone else. Sometimes that's for me. Sometimes it's just putting my best work at play. Right. Um, and serving someone again, back exactly. You couldn't say any better the way you said it. Right. Cause it just makes you feel different. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong sometimes with, you know, you might say I'm helping someone without expectation. Well, there is an expectation. That expectation is that I'm going to feel better because I did it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, but it changes then how you show up and that's just massive in its own right. Yeah. And I mean, imagine in a world of social media that we have going on right now, doing something nice for somebody else without, without recording it, putting it on TikTok, right? That's the other thing too. Like those individuals, that's, that doesn't fill anybody's cup. No. Um, so you have to actually do it from a, a place of, of uh, wanting to give in a place of not wanting anything in return. And that's really the secret, which also brings me to the fourth thing that I do every single day, ah, we got which there. is the perfect, <laughs> the perfect segue. But the fourth thing is super easy. I reach out to somebody I care about every single day uh, and I let them know I'm thinking about them. If I know they're going through something, I'll specifically bring that up. Um, but it's just a check-in and people are like, well, Justin, it seems like you do that for somebody else. Uh, and I go, no, it's for me because uh, it's yeah. allowed me to build great relationships 
Uh, it's given me some of the best friends that I've ever had in my life who also now check on me. Um, and so that's the fourth thing I do for myself every single day without fail uh, is I just check in on somebody. And it came from the idea. And, I, and at first I just did this organic. I've always been a giver. I've always given more than I've ever asked for or, or wanted. Um, and so that was a natural thing for me. But when I realized what I was doing, it was actually to go back to Ed Milet. It was a conversation with Ed Milet. Um, so I was supposed to have him on the podcast. This was years ago and I got introduced to him. We set it up, blah, blah. And I'm sitting on zoom at the time waiting for him to come on. He's not coming on. I'm like, guy, oh, he's bailing. You know, he's not, he's not going to come on. This is crazy. I, and, um, I sent him an email and I was like, Hey, Ed, uh, I'm waiting on you. I just wanted to make sure we're still good to go. And he's like, Hey, my internet's not working. Call me. And he gives me his phone number. And so I call him, by the way, here's a little aside to this. I hate talking on the phone. Like literally my voicemail says, if we didn't have a scheduled time to call, that's why I didn't answer this call. Don't leave a voicemail. I won't listen to it. Text me. And so I call him. I'm nervous because I, I, you know, I admire this guy. Yeah. And I was like, hey, Ed. He's like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. He's like, we're going to have to reschedule because I'm already 15 minutes past our time and the internet's not working, but, but uh, I'm sorry. And we start chatting, blah, blah, blah. And I go, that's cool. I'll tell you what. Um, is there anything I can do to help you? And there was just this dead silence on the other end of the line. And I was like, what? And I looked at my phone. I'm like, he must have hung up. And uh, he's like, hey, sorry. He's like, nobody ever asks me that. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, everybody always asks me for something, but nobody ever asks me how they can help me, especially people I don't really know. And I was like, oh, he's like, so that really means a lot. And he's like, so I don't really have an answer for you, but it means a lot. Just want to let you know that. And then I said, well, I'll tell you what, I, I know some people you should probably know. Let me make some introductions. Because I understood my gift was connecting human beings. Yeah, and I was nice. like, at least let me show him my gift. Right. And so he's like, that'd be great. Wow. Thank you so much. And so we ended up getting on the podcast interview. He cried on the show. We've texted continuously since then for years. We still stay connected. Just a really, really good guy. And um, I realized it came from the idea of giving unconditionally. And again, even when you come from a place of lack, and it's not that I was totally broke at the time, um, but I certainly wasn't where I am now. And I'm certainly not where Ed is. And so I was still able to give him something. And so when we talk about breaking a pattern, like, it, and I wanted to bring this up now and why I said it kind of falls in line with the fourth thing I do. We were talking about like, oh, we don't realize till later that we can stop and go help other people. Um, and I think the realization is people go, oh, wow, well, I've got a ton of money in the bank now and I can't spend it all. So might as well give it to somebody or do this or do that. Giving isn't monetary. Giving, giving isn't always something that costs money. A lot of times it's not. You can give when you're the person of lack. You can just give your time. You can give your ear to listen. You can give whatever, right? A, a, an I love you, a hug, a, a whatever that person may need. You can give them that. And so to be able to break your pattern of saying, I need something and saying, what can I give? In return, you're going to get so much more, right? Ed's friendship has become so much more because I said, hey, let me give you something. Um, and so it, it really has been this great I don't want to even say tool because it happened naturally, but it's become a great tool for me to have some of the coolest friends in the world. Um, but because I've been able to give and continue to give to them, even if they're people that you would say they're more quote unquote successful than me. And so what I would say is no matter where you are in your life, pause and say, what can I do for somebody else right now? What can I do for somebody else right now to change their life, to, to help them in some way, shape or form, whatever. And yes, a hug can change somebody's life. So maybe that's it. Um, and so that's what I would say to somebody to, to really kind of start to break up that pattern, no matter where you are in your life. So that's the underlying moment for the episode. Now you see, so I was just shut up there for a bit <laughs> because you're right. <laughs> no, it was very, very, I mean, there's a lot in what you just said, like, you know, you said it very succinctly, but there's a lot in what you just said there. And one of the things that jumped out for me is the Justin a few years back before you were doing any of this stuff would that Justin have even thought to ask Ed Milet that question? No, I, I would have been too scared. Uh, like, I don't even, I honestly, the Justin years ago, if Ed Milet was like, here's my phone number, call me. I don't know if I would have called him. There you go. I might've texted him and said, Hey man, let's just get it rescheduled. No problem. And you would have been um, just like another podcast guy. Like, you just know, someone, oh, you know, hi Ed. You know, you're great episode, please. Right. Like yeah. not memorable, yeah. not remarkable. Yeah. Maybe. You know, it's, it, it, it and th again, that's, that goes back to something you said earlier, right? It's just, just show up, just show up. 
And it's, it's a miracle what happens if you just show up. Um, I mean, there's been a multitude of times in my life where I almost didn't show up for whatever reason, right? Like it's, it's um, when you show up so much greatness can happen from that. Yeah. Um, even if you don't show up as your best self, as long as you're in the room. Well, show up and show up and have a, um, uh, a bias, if you like, or a thought to serve, right? Mm. You know, that, that just adds to what you said there. I think it's that the sh- showing up is kind of getting outside of yourself. As I said, I say it every day is my mantra. It's like, just get outside yourself. Don't, don't take things too seriously. Just, just go out there and be there. Right. If you're scared, lean into it. Right. Yeah. But then, you know, what you've added to that, which I think is really beautiful is this idea that you showed up with this, this consciousness to serve, even if it wasn't conscious in your mind, it was just how you are your nature. Yeah. Yeah. And those yeah. two things combined are pretty powerful, right? If people did more of that, A, they'd be happier, but A, there'd be B, sorry, there'd be more impact being generated, I think, in the world. Yeah. I mean, how different would the world be if our first thought was, how do I help somebody else instead of helping myself? You know, as my podcast has taken off and my business has grown, I get more pitches and more people reaching out wanting something that I've ever thought in my life that I would ever experience. Um, and, and I'm sure same thing happens to you, Nick. And so you can smell that from a mile away, even if they try and hide it by saying, oh, I love your show or, oh, like, I love what you're doing or, oh, I admire. Like, you just know that the next line is, I would love to, love to get on your show or oh, I'd God. love to speak at your event. And I'd love to, <laughs> all the, it's, it's constant, right? Thousands and you of smell times it from, a day almost. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And you smell it from a mile away. Um, and, and like, there's an actually example of this on, on LinkedIn just recently. Uh, I, I just, uh, one of my speakers at my event coming up in May is a guy named Chris Van Vliet. He's like a four-time Emmy winner, YouTuber guy. Yeah. Really, really great guy. Um, I posted on LinkedIn that he's one of the speakers and somebody commented, great, great choice. Great speaker. I was like, awesome, man. Would love it. If you could come to the event, he goes only if you want me to MC. And I was like, oh, like this is, and like, First of all, that tells me right off the bat, you don't even know who I am because, you know, that's not who I am. Um, but I think the reality is if you can truly come from a, a, a place of wanting to serve and do everything you can to serve, you're going to win every single time. And I feel insanely grateful for everything that's happened in my life. Now, I do realize that it's because of hard work and showing up and consistency, but I'm also grateful because people have paid me back tenfold more than I could ever imagine. Sometimes it's not the person I helped, but it always comes back tenfold. And so that's how I'm going to show up for the rest of my life. And I know that because of that, I'm going to have so much more abundance than I could ever handle um, that my life is going to be fulfilled to the day I die. It's amazing the shift that happens when you start to understand that. Yeah. So, so people know this who listen to me on the show, but the big change to me was um, when I first heard the quote, uh, the Zig Ziglar quote about, you know, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want and need in life. It's something like that, the context. And, do you know, it's funny because my background was private equity and investment banking and all this kind of crazy stuff. When I first, I'd never heard that thought before, let alone the way it was positioned by Zig Ziglar. Never even thought of that, right? And as soon as I heard it, I would say that's the one thing that changed everything for me. Like, you know, mm. you have an inflection point, right? That was it. That one yeah. quote, hearing that for the first time, which is very similar. I bring it up just because it's very similar to what you just said. And once you start to realize that and you kind of get outside of what you know, you're trying to do, your ego, right? Then all of a sudden, everything else just starts to come towards you. And I've, I've personally found it quite overwhelming in a good way. Like in a, yeah. whoa, what the, this is a bit weird. <laughs> and I'm still yeah. early on the path of this, right? But, but it's just incredible. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because... Like, like you said, I've done it my whole life without really realizing what I was doing, but mm. I used to, but here's, if you want total transparency, I used to do it as a young man um, because I didn't feel like I was worthy. I didn't yeah, feel yeah. like I was like worthy to be in the room with the people I was, even if they were just my peers. Um, and so I was like, oh, let me help. Let me help. Let me help. Um, but now it's from a true desire of wanting to help and wanting to uh, give as much as I can and, and without expectation. Like I never expected to still stay in touch with Ed or, or whoever else, right? Like my, 
my Rolodex is stupid. And I say that from not to, not to impress anybody, but to impress upon anybody, like you can be some random guy from Reading, Pennsylvania, uh, and, and live the life that you truly want and have the friends that you've wanted and, and really become friends with the people that you've admired your whole life. And so, and that's, and that's where I am now. And it doesn't matter. Like, dude, buy a $60 microphone and make it happen. Speaking to the other end of it, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's an incredible gift. It's an incredible gift. And where, where this really hit me the other day, actually, when I was, we were talking about my travel in September, um, a few years back, so go back five years, right? And if I went to America or somewhere in the world, you know, I might go there for a business trip. I wouldn't know anyone, like no one, yep. right? And then this last, you know, few months, every city I went to, A, I could have probably stayed at someone's house, definitely could have gone out for dinner and drinks, played around a golf, whatever. And I just, sometimes, you know, you catch yourself and you realize, well, how did this happen? <laughs> it happened from, you know, like we've been talking about, getting out of your own ego, putting yourself out there, trying to help people without expectation, trying to get, you know, some form of little bit of inspiration to people so it changes them, right, to, to help mm -hmm. them become the best version. And the gifts that come back are sometimes just unsurmountable. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. So let's just talk as we wrap things up, Justin. Cool conversation. Loved it. Um, oh, thank you. Let's talk about um, kind of, you know, just your your world, right? The stuff that you've got around you. So we talked about the podcast. What what other things are you doing now that's kind of aligned to your mission? Dude, I feel like I'm doing 10,000 things. Like I feel- I thought that I feel might like be the case, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's so funny when people are like, what do you do? I always say podcaster. Um, and then of course, the next question is how do you make money? Um, and you know, I, I think I'm your prototypical entrepreneur these days, like multiple streams of income and constantly moving on to the next thing. Um, so I'll share, I'll share a couple of things. One thing that, uh, uh, I'm really, I'm really driven by is, is I'm community driven. Uh, okay. I'm really about bringing people together and helping everybody rise to the next level. And that's, that's kind of the idea of the podcast now. Uh, obviously at first it was conversations for myself and now it's conversations for the community and the people that listen. But with that being said, I now host my own live events. And so May of 2022, we're finally coming back together in person. I can't awesome. wait. Is that the first one yeah. that's like since the whole lockdown stuff? Yeah. So I did a couple of virtual during COVID. Um, this yep. will be the first one since lockdown. I pushed, I wanted to push it past the the next year. Cause I was like, I didn't know what it was going to look like at the end of 2021. Um, and you know, killer, killer speakers like Nick Santanastasso, who shares the stage all the time with your buddy, yep. um, Tony. And, and so he's a good friend of mine and he's coming to speak. We've got Chris Van Vliet, the Emmy winner that I just mentioned. We've got a couple of celebrities on deck that I haven't been announced yet, but, but just really, really cool. And I'm excited to bring that community together. So that's happening in May of 2022, or I guess I, now that it's 2022, I don't have to say the year. It's anymore. May. It's is that, is that event like sold out now or can people, if they were interested in wanting to go, can we talk about that? Yeah. There's a there's about 50 tickets left. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but I am announcing here in a couple of weeks some virtual options that people can have because right, I understand okay. that travel can get difficult. Um, like I've got a couple of people that have already bought tickets from Canada, but they're like, I don't know if I can make it. Is there going to be a virtual option? So there is, there will be a virtual option. Um, so that'll all be announced in the, in the coming weeks. So there are still some live in-person tickets left as well, about 50 of them, maybe 60 of them. And where where's um, it being held? Uh, it's in Lidditz, a town called Lidditz, Pennsylvania. It's okay. actually this really cool facility. It's a place called Rock Lidditz, where rock stars like Taylor Swift and Billy Joel and people like that, they get ready for their tours there. And so there's a, the whole campus is like, there's a brewery, there's two restaurants, there's a hotel. It's really, really badass. So oh, wow. Sounds that's great. we're having it. <laughs> yeah. So we're excited about that. Um, so that's happening in May. And then, um, I mean, and again, everything that I want to do is, is very community driven and also purpose driven. I want to help people get their purpose and their message heard. Um, so I'm, I'm launching two new companies here and co-launching two new companies in 2022 focused around the podcast space. Um, one is called PodKong, where we're helping individuals get on high level, high profile podcasts. Um, we, we found that in the space of podcast guesting, there's a huge miss where people pay a lot of, a lot of money. They get on the 10 shows and the shows do like 70 downloads an episode. And so we want to fix that. And so we're guaranteeing download numbers, uh, with what we're doing, which is really exciting. And then the other thing is a podcast branding company. Um, just because I've been in the space for so long, people are like, how do you do all this? And so I easily just kind of put together this company. And so we're helping podcasters get seen. Um, when I started five and a half years ago. There was 200,000 active podcasts. I would tell people I had a podcast and they'd go, what's a podcast? 
Um, and now there's over 2 million podcasts. I say I have a podcast and people go, oh, you have one too. So it's a completely different <laughs> ball game now. And so I wanted to serve, I wanted to serve my people, my, my podcast people uh, from a standpoint of, Hey, let's make it easy. So people can see you and hear you and, and uh, help build your brand. And so uh, launching that as well here in, in 2022. Uh, and so that's, that's all exciting. But, but for me, it's really about my live events and building a community around that. Um, so an exciting year ahead for sure. Um, and, uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Awesome. Wow. Okay. So for everyone listening, check those things out. We'll make sure we post all that in the notes, but, uh, also check out Justin's podcast, the growth now movement as well. I mean, really, really cool, mate. And the other thing just to say, right, like, you know, people listening to us go backwards and forwards for the last hour or so, you know, I, I don't want to talk for you, but like, certainly for me, you know, nothing special here, right? Like I just had a, a transition and I needed to get a message out and I had to get that message out because partly it was cathartic for me at the time. Right. And then it's opened up all these things. So if anyone's listening to us and thinking, Oh, you know what? I, I, I kind of want to do that. Right. My advice is just do it. Don't overthink it. You're going to be crap at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> stay with it be be resilient be consistent and you know who knows who knows where it can go so um justin it's been awesome man thank you so much for coming on the show today nick thank you man i'm excited to uh, see where this friendship goes i'm excited to have you on my podcast in the future here as well i'd love it i'd um, love it but uh, and if people want to reach out conversation you, if people want to reach out to you other than just go and listen to the podcast is there anywhere you want to direct them to as well um, my favorite place that I hang out is Instagram. So at Justin T. Shank on Instagram. You can see how to spell my last name in the show notes. Good luck trying to spell it by how it's pronounced. Um, I did but, have some uh, trouble, but at least I pronounced it okay. At least I'm, you know. <laughs> you did. I was proud of you. I was like, wow, he's got the accent and he said it right. Americans can't even say it right. So, um, but dude, thank you. Thank you so much for all this. This has been great. All right, Justin. Have a great day, man. Thanks again. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you've enjoyed the show just as much as I've enjoyed creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me, it helps the show, plus it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything that you heard in today's show, to find out how you can join our community on Facebook, or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now.